everyone, I'm Jensine Bard, and welcome to Testimony, where truth is told, lives are changed, and hope is given. Revelation 12:11 tells us that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony, a testimony of your story for His glory. He's an American hero, a United States Marine Corps veteran, and Purple Heart recipient for injuries sustained while clearing a minefield in the Wangnam province of Vietnam that would take both his legs, but not his life. In his heart-wrenching yet hopeful and, yes, miraculous memoir, Born on the 5th of July, in collaboration with Bob Hamer, former FBI agent, award-winning author and Marine Corps veteran, and forward by Lieutenant Retired Colonel Oliver North, host of War Stories on Fox News, I read in part, quote, If you know or admire a first responder, a leader, a parent, or an American who loves this country, born on the 5th of July, was written for you, quote, I would follow him into hell itself, end quote. Him, ladies and gentlemen, is my next guest. With great honor, I bring to testimony what others say, a Marine's Marine, husband, father, grandfather, patriot, and more, founder of Tim Lee Ministries, speaker, and author, please welcome evangelist Tim Lee. Tim Lee, sir, welcome to Testimony. Wow. Wow, thank you, Jensine. I'm honored to be here, and uh, thanks for that uh, awesome uh, introduction. And uh, this is uh, is an exciting uh, time for me, and I'm honored to be with you today. Well, it's an honor to have you here, sir. First of all, I have to share with our listeners, I read every page of your powerful memoir, Born on the 5th of July, and absolutely loved it. So without further ado, for part one of our two-part conversation today, take our listeners to your early beginnings, your faith, entrance into the Marines, and what happened after that. Tim Lee, tell us your story. Well, um, I was raised in a uh, in a pastor's home. Uh, my dad was a Southern Baptist pastor for almost 60 years. He liked a few months being uh, six full decades of uh, pastoring and, and uh, preaching God's Word. And my mom uh, just recently turned 94, and uh, not as strong as she uh, was a couple of years ago. She was still mowing her yard with a push mower at uh, age 91, and uh, she slowed down some, but her mind's still alert. But I was raised in a great home. There was uh, five of us kids, and, uh, and of course, mom and dad. And uh, we uh, we were uh, poor, but uh, by all standards of of that day, but uh, we kids didn't know we were poor. We we were uh, fed well, and and uh, our you know our clothes were uh, worn and patched, but we had uh, we had clothes, we had shoes, and, and a roof over our head. And my dad was. Uh, one of the hardest working men uh, I've ever known in my life for many, many years, three jobs a day uh, to take care of uh, uh, seven people and put food on the table. He would drive a bus early in the morning, go rough houses in in the daytime, go back and drive the bus in the evening, then do church work uh, in the the evening time, study uh, for his sermons and for his uh, lessons and 
So, uh, you know, he's a hard-working man. My mom, a hard-working woman. That was southern Illinois, coal mine uh, country, cornfields and bean fields and uh, a rural setting. And, um, of course, we went to church all the time. I tell young people I was on drugs whenever I was nine years old. They drug us to church Sunday morning, drug us back <laughs> Sunday night. And, and uh, that's what you do when you're raised in a pastor's home. You go to church a lot and um, grew up... Um, in a lot of sports and activities and uh, school. And uh, whenever I was 10 years of age, the most important thing that would ever happen uh, in my life was I invited Jesus Christ into my life. On a Sunday morning, my dad was speaking, and and God really dealt with my heart. I call it old-time conviction. Uh, came to my life. I realized I was a sinner, and I could not uh, save myself, so I turned to the one who died for me and the one who arose from the grave for me, Jesus Christ. And uh, I was excited. I, I knew that something great had happened in my life, and, and I told people about it, family and friends. But then, whenever I became a teenager, I didn't see something else happen. And, and this didn't happen overnight. It was gradual. I began to put things before God. You go to Southern Illinois, McLeansboro, especially that area, the last name Lee is associated with preaching and then also sports. A lot of my relatives were involved in sports. So I got involved in sports and certainly nothing wrong with sports except that I began to let it uh, control my life. My dad would tell me, Tim, there's not anything wrong with you playing ball unless you put it before God. And his whole premise was that anything that we put before God uh, is wrong. Well, I didn't want to listen to that a little by little. Uh, putting these things before God in my life. I began to have problems I, at school. I, I became rebellious uh, toward authority, became rebellious toward God. There were five of us kids, and out of the five, I was the only one uh, that rebelled. And uh, mom and dad were disciplinarians. They, you know, they were, they were strict, not, uh, uh, I mean, I knew they loved me. There wasn't any doubt about uh, about that, they were they weren't doing it uh, to be mean to me. They were doing it because they did love me. But I I was the one that was causing trouble. I was setting a bad example for my brothers. I was getting in all kinds of problems and, and trouble at school and um, uh, rebellious. And, and I tell in the book a, a particular incident that uh, I was working at uh, Teeth Killers, uh, a department store. My best friend and I, Eddie Bell, but we spent all day long putting these uh, chrome uh, dinette set uh, tables and chairs together this before electric drills and we uh, we would use a manual Phillips screwdriver all day long and wear blisters on our hands and I went home one day for lunch and I was 15 years old never forget it and I yelled for my mom she normally had something ready for me to eat at noon hour and she didn't answer me I knew she was at home and so then my uh, well, my brothers and I slept was down the basement. I went down the basement. She was there uh, by my bed, and she had a, a, a book. It, was, it wasn't a magazine. It was a book, but nevertheless, it was still pornographic and uh, that I had actually stolen from a, a, a news store there in a town and put it under my mattress, and, and she had found it. Well, we'd already had confrontation after confrontation, problems after problems. I knew it was going to be bad especially when dad got home. So I just turned around, walked out of the house, went back up to the store and, and asked uh, Bonnie, the, uh, the lady that was in charge of uh, payroll for 
uh, what they owed me, and, and it was $40. Got $40, which, of course, make a dollar an hour back in those days. And it went through uh, the other side of the store, actually stole a pair of tennis shoes and of uh, my size, and then I went out on the highway and began to hitchhike. And um, a hitchhike ended up uh, uh, five rides later in East St. Louis. I, I was thinking about going to St. Louis, and I've been to St. Louis before to uh, St. Louis Cardinal baseball games uh, with my family, and to me that was like, uh, you know, the bright lights, the big city, and I guess it's kind of what the prodigal son uh, saw when he left home. And But I didn't make it to St. Louis that first night as East St. Louis, and uh, and ended up staying in a real old run-down uh, hotel uh, uh, and and I didn't I didn't know anything about East St. Louis. I was very naive, and, but uh, East St. Louis was probably about 95, 97 percent uh, black. I was a white boy because I was raised in Plainsboro, all white town, all white county, all white high school. I didn't know anything about uh, black people at all. And and if I would have ever said anything racist, my mom would have washed my mouth out with with soap. So I. I didn't have anything against black people, didn't know them, but evidently I was in one of the high crime areas in America, in uh, East St. Louis, and um, and I stayed there for a couple of days, and the second day, uh, I knew it was going to be needing more money. I was desperate. I, of course, I'm telling the story that there's so much more in the background about things that got me to this point in my life that... Uh, stealing and lying and uh, being deceitful and dishonest. Uh, There were times when it would have been so much easier to tell the truth, but I was so used to lying to my parents. And I noticed in a room there in the hotel, uh, there was some money laying on a dresser. I decided to slip in real quick, steal the money off the dresser, put it in my pocket. And I went in and was about ready to pick it up and the guys whose room it was, in, in of, all, of all things, he was a white man. And uh, I could smell alcohol on his breath. And I, and before I even realized what had happened, he had a, a pistol stuck at my head, and I was scared to death. I, I knew I was going to die, and I was actually crying and, and begging the guy that for life of me. I'm not sure why uh, he... Uh, uh, let me go, but he threatened me and told me don't ever come back. And, and of course, it gave me his money and, and left. But it, it was that that was a two week period of my life that uh, I was away from home, 15 years of age, ended up in St. Louis, and uh, it just uh, that whole two week period. There were several times when when I could have died, and yet there were a couple times when I knew God was looking out. For me, in the stockyards of East St. Louis, one of my dad's deacons saw me, and instead of going back and gossiping and telling people in the church about the pastor's son, he went straight to my parents, told them that he saw me, so they knew where I was at, and uh, and they got down to the living room floor and, and prayed uh, for their prodigal son, and uh, and and then uh, I went. Got moved over to St. Louis, stayed in the uh, YMCA and for a couple of nights. Then I got in another hotel where I was actually working the elevator uh, uh, for 50 cents an hour and uh, run people up and down on this elevator. And this, uh, I think it was uh, like a six story uh, hotel. I got a job at Famous and Bar, which was uh, one of the uh, better known department stores in St. Louis that day. 
and I was washing dishes for a dollar an hour. Here I am, you know, I'm thinking I'm a, I'm a big shot. I'm really, I'm doing great with my life. I'm 15 years old. I'm making a dollar an hour washing dishes. <laughs> and uh, I'd actually lied to the employment people to get the job. I told them I, uh, my aunt and uncle uh, I, I was living with was mistreating me and the, and the, they were alcoholics. And, well, that was the furthest thing to the truth. They're two of the godliest people that, sweetest people on the face of the earth. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to internationally recognized Vietnam War veteran and American hero, evangelist and speaker, Tim Lee, founder of Tim Lee Ministries and author of his just released, Born on the 5th of July, Recreated in Vietnam. You can learn more about Tim Lee's work, ministry, and mission by visiting timlee.org and get his book, Invite him to speak and be an extension of hope through the life of one who has done just that. Tim Lee, sir, it has been an absolute joy bringing your voice to testimony where truth is told, lives are changed, and hope is given. When the enemy tried to take you out at an early age, you determined to take him down by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony and powerfully so. We look forward to hearing much, much more next week. God bless you. I, I thank you so much for having me, uh, Jensine. It's an honor, and I'm excited to, uh, about this uh, opportunity. Thank you so much. Testimony is a global broadcast made possible by the generous contributions of our valued partners at Jensine Bard Ministries and you, our listening audience. Together, we are reaching souls for Christ, one testimony at a time. If you would like information on how you can support this broadcast with your tax-deductible gift, please visit us at jensinebard.com. That's one word, J-E-N-S-I-N-E-B-A-R-D.com. And join the conversation at our Facebook page, Testimony with Jensine Bard. Thank you for listening, and please join us again for Testimony.